And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails. I'm Mark Hamby, and with me in the studio today, Molly Mayo. Hello. And I have Emily Crabb. Hi, Hi. Emily. Okay, so uh, we had a devotion this morning on 1 Kings chapter 12, Rehoboam, Jeroboam. I never used to remember which one was which. Mm-hmm. Which is Rehoboam, the guy from the north, or Rehoboam, Jeroboam, the south? Mm. So Rehoboam is Solomon's son, son. Jeroboam is the valiant young man who's going to take over Israel, the ten tribes from above. He's the one that was Solomon's main industrial engineer, so, so to speak. Mm. He's a valiant, strong man, and then Solomon got jealous and uh, and then Solomon <clears throat> tried to kill him, and Jeroboam ran to Egypt, uh, fled for his life, and then now he's heard that Solomon is dead and he's going to come back home mm. um, because he already knows that he's going to eventually be the king of Israel. Um, and God's going to split the tribes in half. Well, not in half. He's going to have Judah on the south side. They're going to be their own country. Um, you know, they kind of have like... You know, Benjamin and Joseph, not really Joseph, but mainly Benjamin inside of Judah. And then the other 10 tribes are going to be to the north called Israel. And then later on, they're going to be known as Samaria. So that's where we're going to take place in 1 Kings chapter 12 today. And uh, something unusual takes place. And Molly, you're going to read some of it, but um, let's just set the stage here. What's happening in 1 Kings chapter 12? We have um, Jeroboam. He comes back and says to King Rehoboam, hey, look at your father kind of made things difficult for us. You know, he taxed us to death, made us work <laughs> work hard, really hard, extra hours. Mm. Uh, we don't have a lot of freedom here. So we want to know how you're going to proceed. Are you going to be like your dad and worse or worse? Or are you going to be doing things a little differently here? And so the king, Rehoboam, says, okay, listen, um, come back three days from now and I'll have an answer for you. And so he gets counsel from his elders. And what do the elders tell him? Um, They give him advice he didn't like. What was the advice? If you will be a servant to the people and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, they will be your servants forever. Mm -hmm. And so just so everyone knows ahead of time, I don't want to do this podcast. I don't want to do this message today. Um, I don't even want to be here. (laughs) Aw. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I had a rough morning. I had uh, a couple customer service um, calls where uh, some people were upset because of the lack of customer service, and mm. and uh, they and we just haven't been doing our job in that area. And I got upset mm. at two of our, three of our employees, and I acted just like Rehoboam. Mm. It, in fact, I was sitting down. You girls saw me leave earlier. Yeah, I couldn't live with myself because I couldn't really give this podcast this this message mm-hmm. and have hostility in the you know running in the background, knowing that I had mistreated some people, and um, it's never right to you know be angry. It says be angry and sin not, but you don't get angry just because people aren't doing their job. You help them to do their job in a better way, mm-hmm. you know, rather than being angry. And so I I blew it today and I got angry. Um, not like temp- temper tantrum angry, but mm-hmm. firm and this is the way it's going to be type of response. And I hurt some people, especially one of the employees didn't really have anything to do with it. She's not involved in customer service. Mm. She's involved in shipping and she's done a great job. 
Mm-hmm. But she kind of was like saw the emails going back and forth, and she thought it was being inferred toward her. Mm. And uh, wow, I went back. So we stopped the podcast earlier. I went we back did. there to apologize. And as I went to apologize, the shipping lady came in there, and she was not going to let me apologize until she first let me have it. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "Are you serious? I'm here to apologize, but you have to tell me what you think first. Now we have this little little argument, you know, mm-hmm. going on. I'm like, you're taking this opportunity of me humbling myself and you taking advantage of it. So now I'm like, it's getting mm-hmm. worse. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is happening. Mm. Let's stop. Stop. Um, I want you to know I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. You had nothing to do with this. And I hurt you. And I'm very sorry. And she cried, and yeah. and uh, and Sarah got up and gave her a hug, and and um, we spent some time there praying, and Aww. I was wrong, you know, I was wrong. I hate being that way, but I I tend to get that way when I feel like someone's not doing their job, or if you know people on the outside look on the inside and say, who is this? Who are these lamplighter people that? You didn't call us when you should have called us. You, our books didn't come in. Your customer service was bad. And so what is that? What is, what's my response? My response is based on what? Anger? Pride. Mm. Yeah, only by pride comes contentions. Mm. So my, my pride got a little bit, you know, a little bit jolted mm-hmm. a little bit. And I, was, and I reacted because of it. Because, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so here we are in this podcast with um, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, and how does Jeroboam respond? And we'll talk a little bit more about my response later, but um, um, the king, Jer- Jeroboam, comes back and says, okay, what did you decide? And, and what, did, what did Rehoboam, he, get, he gets this counsel from the older, the elder, guy, elder guys, and they say, be nice, mm-hmm. treat the people respectfully, lower the amount of work time, let's, let's speak to them kindly. And um, treat them favorably. Serve them. Do you see that? Mm. Serve them. Uh, a great leader is always the best servant. He will serve more than anybody. Mm. Boy, and I, I'm still learning that. And uh, yeah. same thing in our homes as a dad. Um, Jesus has called, to be a, called us to be servants of our families. Mm-hmm. I think that's what our kids need to see more than anything, our wives, our spouses. Um, so what, what does he do? He gets this counsel from the older guys, and then what does he do next? He goes to the younger guys. Yeah, the guys that he grew up with, it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And what do they tell him? They tell him to make the yoke heavier. <laughs> make things more difficult. <laughs> you go tell them like it is. You, you, you put your fist down. You, you be strong. You know, we used to, we used to in, in Christian school, um, first day of orientation, we used to tell the teachers, don't smile till Thanksgiving. What? <laughs> terrible. What a terrible philosophy. Yeah. What? Yeah. Don't smile till Thanksgiving. It was Why? A, it was just something that went around <laughs> in Christianity back in the 70s and early 80s. Just showing kids that you're a boss, you know? Hmm. Make them fear you. Oh, I see what you're saying. Terrible, terrible philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kids need to know that they're loved. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Yeah. Not the judgment of God. Um. We, we, we know that we're judged. Um, you know, so, so he gets this counsel from the young men, and the young men said, make things worse. Get, you know, pound your fist down. Chastise them with scorpions, you know. And so 
um, Rehoboam talks to uh, the people that come back three days later, and Jeroboam says, okay, what's your, what's your decision? And he, it's, this is interesting. It says, and he spoke to them roughly. Mm. You see that? He spoke to them roughly, mm-hmm. and um, he's setting the pattern for the rest of his kingship here. And, uh, and right after that, the, the children of Israel along with Jeroboam say, what? Mm. what's in it for us? You know, what, what inheritance do we have in David? If, um, if Rehoboam is going to respond to us like this, then we're, we're leaving. We're not, we're not going to be part of you. Mm. So the kingdom splits at this moment. It's amazing how fast that happened. Like, I don't know, they're, they're following along, but then as soon as they didn't feel valued and heard, they were instantly mm. gone. And that's what— There wasn't a level of trust there. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you mess up once in your life and half of the people are going to leave you? Like, no. So it was something that was a problem for the kingdom and they that was shown in this event. That yeah, it's a pattern of his he life, actually. He didn't have their hearts. He's, he's been like this. He saw his dad be this way. He's this way. Um, uh, look at verse 18. Then King, then King Rehoboam. This is the very first thing that he's going to do after there's the split. And he realizes he's losing control. And the very first thing he does, he sends his tax collector, Adoram, in verse 18, who was over the tribute, the tax money, and all Israel stoned him with stones that he died. That's the very first thing that happens, which shows us hmm. that um, Rehoboam's heart was really in just a very, he's a selfish man. Um, what he really is interested in is what's in it for him. Um, you see this in divorce court quite a bit. Um, where a husband and wife are um, going to get a divorce, and sometimes the husband, just being the selfish person that he really is, he goes so far that he's going to try to hide some of the assets so that his wife can't have access to them. I've heard of this happening more often than I'd like to like to believe, but it's it happens. Mm-hmm. And then because uh, he's he's trying to protect himself, and that was the reason really for the divorce in the first place, mm. because. The wife just kept feeling like she's just being used, you know, and he's only in it for himself. And husbands, you know, we read a book the other day. We're reading a book the other day called The Four Pillars of a Man's Heart, written by Stu Weber. This is this is a classic book. I read this, uh-huh. I don't know, 15, 18 years ago. Along with it, I read the book Man in the Mirror. So if there are wives out there that want to get something for their husbands that is a life-transforming book or two books, Man in the Mirror and... Four Pillars of Man Heart. Highly suggest Four Pillars of Man's Heart. Along with, uh, Lamplighter has a great book called My Golden Ship and an audio drama. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's about marriage whatsoever, but it is. Seriously? Yes. I printed that book and did the audio drama based on marriage. Really? Yeah. I never knew. Yep. It's okay. the way um, um, Joe, what's his name? Uh, mm-hmm. um, what's, what's his nickname? I haven't read it. Oh, you haven't listened to the audio drama no, yet either. Oh, so it's yet. it's uh, Darley and Joe um, Black. Jo- oh, Black. Uh, I think they call him Black something. Black Joe, just a real evil man, <laughs> and he mistreats his he mistreats his wife Aww. and her her the way she looks just looks worn out. Oh, okay. But when he's redeemed, he starts to treat his lo- his wife like a princess. And everyone in the town notices the change in the way that she looks. Aww. Yeah. That's so sweet. You, you can tell 
um, you can tell the way a man treats his wife by the look on her face. Mm. That's so, isn't that cool? I love that. Hopefully you don't catch the wife on a bad day. <laughs> and, there's, and another book, too, Treasure um, of the Secret Cove. I think those would be our, some of our top marriage books. Great, great stuff. Um, yeah. and, the, and the audio <laughs> drama of Treasure of the Secret Cove is phenomenal. Yeah, very good. Okay, so here we go. Four pillars of a man's heart. A man, a real man of God, is a king, a warrior, a mentor, and a friend. Um, but when the pillars of, of manhood get out of balance, the king, if he gets out of balance, he becomes an abdicator or a tyrant. Mm. When, as a warrior, when he's out of balance, he becomes a coward or a brute. And as a mentor, when he's out of balance, he becomes a dunce or a know-it-all. And as a friend, when he's out of balance, becomes a loner or a smotherer. A king, um, his scriptural function is to provide for his family. Um, he, he needs to have the energy. He's got the energy of a just and creative man that orders things around him. He's constantly putting things in order. You know, and, you know, if you let things go, that always turns into chaos. So a, a man of God, he provides for his family. He's putting things in order. He's got the creative energy to see what needs to be done, and he does something. He's willing to take risks to move forward. He's got momentum moving things forward rather than sitting on the couch surfing the television. Mm. Okay? Rather than watching video games, he's reading books. Um, some of the men, Molly, that we've uh, talked to recently, one man wants to read how many books this year? Oh, yeah, uh, 50, colon. No, fi- I think Pastor it was. Colin? No, I was thinking, thinking of uh, Dave. Oh. Down at West Stars. Oh, yeah, he wants to read 52 because he said a book a week. A book a week. Yeah. Colin's going to read? Uh, 50, but he, he usually leans more towards 100, he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, okay, he, men, he do, you hear, do you hear this? These men are reading 52 books, 100 books. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal this year is is going to be around sixty to seventy books. That's incredible. I love reading. I can't put it down. Now I, I have a habit of reading in the car when I'm driving, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> okay, I don't think anyone heard that. Okay, so <laughs> so another another pillar or characteristic of a king is he cares deeply. Mm. When things are out of balance, though, disorder takes place, chaos takes place, family mm. dysfunction takes place, and then oppression. Or he starts to hide. He Interesting. Just, yeah. Um, an abdicator or a tyrant. Mm-hmm. Almost As, like fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. The battle's too much. And so he's not going to do anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, won't, he, won't, he loses. Co- the conversation stops. He stops, you know, connecting with his kids. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's gone. And eventually they do end up leaving. You mm-hmm. know, they just, they feel like they can't win this battle. And that's where uh, a godly wife will, will see that. You know, and she's not going to just give her husband an escape, but she's going to provide the encouragement that you can do this. Mm. She doesn't give up on him. You can do this, you know, continually encouraging and spurring him on. Uh, A warrior, he is the protector. He's got the energy of disciplined, aggressive action. He's still aggressive, Mm. but he's disciplined his aggressiveness toward positive action, positive steps forward in the family. Mm -hmm. Sees, listens. What what do we need? What do we what needs to be done here in our family? Do I need to spend more time with Johnny? Do I need to have a babysitter come in here and so I can have more time with my wife? Do we need to go out on dates more often? Mm. They need to talk about things, communicate. He contends courageously. That's in the warrior section. Yeah, I love it. That's interesting. Why? Well, because usually those are more 
no, like noticing things like that is not a warrior sort of thing oh, that you think of. No, but. a warrior's got his eyes open at all times. He sees the horizon. Mm. He scans what's going on. He is a pro. Hmm. He is a master at seeing the details, the minute details around him. Mm. Leadership, just in leadership style, he's always aware of his environment, the heat, the cold, um, distractions. Mm. Um, he's always aware of things going on, making sure that his audience can stay focused mm. so that his family can stay focused. Mm-hmm. He's aware of the little things that start to distract. So that he can help with them. Like yeah, take, to take action and help. But um, if he's out of balance, then there's going to be fear, abuse, cruelty, and hatred. Um, he goes from warrior to coward or a brute. Mm. Um, the mentor, he's a teacher. And we, we shared this in one of our previous podcasts where um, the wife was on her husband because uh, he wasn't doing devotions. But when he heard that, mm-hmm. you know, they talked about, hey, Dad, uh, we love your devotions better, more than Mom's. And Mom's like, what? He doesn't do devotions. Oh, yeah, he does. When we're on bicycle rides, when we're doing hiking, when we're on our road trips, mm-hmm. when we're listening to Lamplighter Theater drama, you know, <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of people do it differently. Mm. But so he's a teacher. He's got the energy of transformation. He communicates transparently. I can't say that enough. Moms and dads, we need to be transparent and vulnerable. Mm. Um, Our kids need to see us like we don't have all the answers. And our kids need to see us on our knees crying out to God. I remember um, hearing um, one of the greatest influences in Ryan Dobson's life, Dr. Dobson, a focus on the family, um, was when he would come home at night and hear his mom and dad crying out to God on his behalf. Aww. Yeah. He said that was one of the greatest, most powerful influences in his life. That's really cool. Um, and when, when prayer ceases, change stops as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in First Peter, I think it's 5. I'm not sure where it is. Maybe 3, 4, or 5. It says uh, that um, a, a marriage, the unity of marriage is so important because that's where God's grace is given to us so that our prayers will not be hindered. Mm. You know, so strong relationships in our marriages, that's most, the most important parenting advice you can give anybody is have a strong marriage mm. so that you can, uh, you can have your prayers answered. That's in- interesting that our marriage, our pr- answers to prayer is contingent upon our relationship and our marriage. Uh, so important. But when that falls apart, um, there's a lack of discipline, there's immaturity, there's a disregard for scripture. And spiritual insensitivity. Um, he goes from being a mentor to a dunce or a know-it-all. And then lastly, the friend, when he's walking in the right direction, the Word of God is his guide, he's a connector. He's able to connect with his spouse and his children. Um, he listens. He, 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 mm-hmm. he brings something home that just kind of like just makes a difference in his wife's life. You know, it's amazing. I was blind. I gave my wife um, my grandmother's wedding <laughs> ring diamond. Um, you know, took it out of, you know, got, gave her a new ring, but we put the diamond in it. Mm-hmm. It was rather small. But to me, it was one of the most important things. It was a family relic, right? Mm. But to my wife, it was like, I appreciate that a lot, but it's really small. <laughs> and she never said that. Mm-hmm. She never gave me any indication that it was um, a letdown. Never once in our marriage. Until about whew, 25 years later, um, a friend of hers 
at church as we were walking out looked at me and said, are you ever going to give your wife a new diamond? Hmm. And I'm like, never thought of it. She goes, it is rather small. <laughs> you know? and, I, and I was like, interesting. Uh-huh. And so I, I went home and I, I asked Debbie and she wouldn't answer me. Oh. Yeah, she did not want to, you know, show me that it wasn't enough. She mm. just, Debbie's just, that's who she is. And, but I could see in her, I could see through her eyes, right, eyes right into her heart that this was, it had bothered her. I could see it. And I was like, and I saved up money for the next five years. Well, Yeah. Because we didn't have a lot of money. I was working on a farm, you know, going to seminary and, and uh, raised up the money. And I uh, went to the jewelry store, put it on hold, and I kept putting payments down on it. And when I gave it to her, um, it wasn't um, on our anniversary. She cried, and she, to this day, she loves wearing it. I, yeah, she just loves showing it to people. As you could tell, it means a lot to her. I never realized. I, I, I just had such a disconnect. And so that connection was really important as a friend, hmm. you know? Um, understanding what the needs of others are like. Um, that gives us the energy that connects um, us to those we love and to the world. Because when, when we're connected with those we love, the world opens up for us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a natural open door f- to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, because if your relationships aren't right at home, they're, they're just fake everywhere else. You can, you can have good relationships with people on the outside, but if they're not right at home, you're wasting your time in God's eyes, I think. Mm. Um, what is it, you know, if a man gains the whole world but loses his own soul, if the man gains the whole world and loses his family, mm. you know. So, uh, so there's a deliberate connection there. But when that's lost and that pillar starts to weaken, he becomes unavailable. He becomes isolated. There's an emotional detachment. And often it leads to illicit sensuality. So very, very, very uh, important lessons here. And what that has to do with Rehoboam, that's exactly what happened to him. He got disconnected from Mm -hmm. his people. He became harsh. He became isolated. And the very first thing that he does in showing his his true colors, he goes and sends this this tax collector, go go get the money because it's in the northern tribes. Mm -hmm. We got to bring it down here. And as soon as they saw that, the people were like, you good for nothing, and they kill him on the spot. Mm. And so, um, you know, our true colors will eventually um, rise to the surface. There's a book that um, we publish here called Rising to the Top. Yes. There are two things that rise to the top. Do you know what they are? Cream. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> that was legit answer. <laughs> it's true. Apparently you didn't read the book. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. No, you're not wrong. Cream will rise to the top. No, two things rise to the top in rising to the top. This book, this amazing book at Lamplighter. And it's a young man who's being falsely accused by the butler. Oh. Yeah. And, um, and a friend of his comes to him and says, uh, just, just wait. The time will come. There are two things that rise to the top. Truth and scum. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, and the ending of the story is phenomenal, you know, where he's uh, vindicated. Mm-hmm. But um, that doesn't happen with Rehoboam, and he loses his entire kingdom because mm-hmm. he loses the connection with the people that he was supposed to love and serve. Mm. And uh, I think that's just a great place to stop here today. I'm sorry I did all the talking today, but um, we'll, we'll do this again soon, and we'll move, move forward 
into what happens next in in 1 Kings. Next is an old prophet comes to a young prophet and says, God told me to have you come and have bread at my house. And if he goes back, God told him, you're going to die. But the old prophet said, but God told me, it's all right, come on back home. And then we're going to see what happens and what that has to do with us today. So, um, um, Emily, Molly, thanks for um, being with me today. I know you didn't get a chance to say a whole lot, but we'll do this again um, when we get to 1 Kings chapter 12 and 13 and uh, meet the old prophet and see what he's up to and see what God's going to try to teach us. And so until we meet again. Hopefully God's words of delight, truth, and wisdom has been fastened like nails in your hearts and ours today. today. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net. What if you could learn from the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theater? I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents The Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net. Lamplighter.net.